the world we know is changing. I'm Moira Gunn, and welcome to Biotech Nation. Osteoarthritis. Well, it's a real pain in the knee and hands, lower back and the neck. Anywhere there's a joint. Zalud Therapeutics is testing its injection in human clinical trials to attack the underlying inflammation, which itself drives pain. Dr. Zem Nguyen is the CEO of Zalud Therapeutics. Now, as we get started here, I was reminded of a time when I was back at university, and in retrospect, I had a pretty straightforward medical problem that happened to be also painful. And I went to the student health center and spoke with whatever doctor they assigned me, and she prescribed me pain pills. And I said, but what about the medical condition? And she said, all's well that ends well, and uh, left the room. <laughs> so that was that was it. What was wrong with that experience? Moira, I'm so sorry to hear you summarize your experiences with pain. Unfortunately, it is still the situation that many, many patients suffer today. And the challenge is that there is such a number of different reasons why you feel pain in your body. And there's not a lot of great understanding of what's causing that pain. So a physician, a nurse, a caretaker would just want to throw a number of different medications at you and hope that one of them ends well. That is clearly where we find a huge unmet need in where we're focusing on, which is osteoarthritis of the knee. Now, Zalud Therapeutics is focused on long-term inflammatory conditions, and, and we're talking about osteoarthritis. Uh, how many people suffer? I mean, and where is it in your body? Osteoarthritis is a disease that impacts a number of different body joints. It is the most common form of arthritis, affecting over 30 million adults in the U.S. today. Its lead area of impact is in the knee, and it affects over 14 million people, so a little less than half of the patients that are suffering from arthritis. Just to put it in little context, it is the leading cause of disability in the U.S. and certainly a challenge for society today. It can impact a number of different disease areas and a number of different body areas, including the hips, the shoulders, and the joints. Now, what are the standard treatments? Standard of treatment today is first, not unlike your situation that you just described, Maria, you go to the doctor and you say, I'm feeling a bit of pain and I don't know exactly where it's coming from. Maybe I heard it one day, maybe I just woke up and I'm just not comfortable. And then you have the physician say, well, let's check a look at your body. And soon they discover you have starting versions or starting forms of osteoarthritis. And so the first thing they would do is very much what your experiences were. They're going to throw a number of pills at you, whether they're NSAIDs, steroids, and unfortunately, in some cases, opioids, which you can imagine is not a good solution for a patient. Eventually, 60 to 80% of the patients that are suffering from osteoarthritis will not be managed on those pills. And what happens is they're forced to move to knee injections, which impact at least five to seven million patients in the U.S. These knee injections 
are similar forms of those pills. They're either NSAIDs, steroids, and they will give some relief for a short period of time, but ultimately they're gonna continue to suffer and be forced to go to a total knee replacement. You can imagine that's not ideal for a patient. We would say that is not a good result. <laughs> no, not, not at all. Not, not a good outcome that's been that way. So right now the standard of care is to manage the pain until it is no longer manageable with the treatments that we have, and then we go to the knee replacement. Now, uh, I'm going to take a little sidestep here so we understand what you'll be talking about. Uh, we all learned the term cytokine during COVID, uh, the cytokine storm. But it turns out that cytokines aren't all bad. They're good and bad. Now, tell me what that means. I would say that cytokines have a very important role. And cytokines are little proteins that are used for cells to talk to each other. And we call that cellular signaling. And when these cells talk to each other, they're telling us what's going on in the body. So in particular in the COVID world, these cytokines are telling our body that there's an invader in the body. There's a virus that's coming into your body and they're gonna do bad things. And so these cytokines come in and say, well, let's try to tell the cells Let's fight these bad things. Let's fight this virus. And so what they do is they drive a number of pro-inflammatory as well as anti-inflammatory activities to let your body heal itself. The challenge is when your body can't heal itself. And it, we call it, you're, you don't have a balance in your body. And we're always driving for your immune system to achieve homeostasis, which is that balance. So Moira, you're 100% right. There's a balance between good guys and bad guys. And I would say the good guys are anti-inflammatory mediators and the bad guys are pro-inflammatory. And these cytokines talk to each other to just get that perfect seesaw balance where you have just the right amount of each. And when you have that balance, your body can fight the bad guys, heal itself, and then you can live a happy and productive life. When your body is not able to fight, all these bad guys are upregulated and your body is imbalanced as in the seesaw. And what happens is you get chronic inflammation, you become sicker, you get ultimately chronification in some diseases, and then you start feeling a number of disease symptoms that you hear about in your day-to-day -day life that needs to be resolved as well as healed. So, if I look at these cytokines, um, and uh, some are pro-inflammatory and some are anti-inflammatory, it turns out that interleukin-10 is both pro-inflammatory and anti-inflammatory, and that's what Zalud is working with. Yeah. Zalud is working on a cytokine, a very important as well as smart cytokine called interleukin-10 and we call it the master regulator of inflammation. And why we call it master regulator is they're looking to always achieve that balance that I had just described. They're trying to make sure that there's just enough pro-inflammatory cytokines as well as anti-inflammatory so your body can manage the inflammation, heal itself, and then go on to doing what it should be doing, which is being productive. So in particular, in our case, we're giving interleukin-10 to sites of inflammation. 
And what it's doing is downregulating all the bad guys, the anti-inflammatory mediators, and helping your body back to balance and resolving inflammation, which then reduces a number of symptoms associated with the inflammation. So if I have inflammation in my shoulder or my knee or my elbow, there are more inflammatory cytokines than there are anti-inflammatory cytokines. And to resolve that, we have to bring that back into balance. That's exactly right. So your seesaw is tilting one way, which is in the pro-inflammatory side. And that introduction of interleukin-10 helps you get back to that perfect balance that you're seeking. Now, you did more than just say, oh, we're going to get you some interleukin-10. You engineered the interleukin-10 to have... I don't know what we would call it, an improvement. You tell us what you did. Interleukin-10 is so important. And I think across all the world of science, as well as clinicians, they would recognize it's a very potent cytokine. The challenge that's evaded us in a societal perspective is the ability to deliver interleukin-10 to the point of it being productive. And in particular, we solved two major challenges with our medicine. The first is that we've been able to express interleukin-10 at the site of inflammation. So it's allowing it to do what it needs to do at the right place. And this is through a DNA delivery mechanism. The second aspect is this engineering, Moya, that you mentioned, which is we had a single amino acid mutation. And that single acid mutation has a differentiated signaling. Remember when I was talking about cytokines talking to each other in cells? Well, it's telling the cells, downregulate that pro-inflammatory imbalance, and we're seeing improvement in inflammation as well as improvement, particularly in osteoarthritis of the knee, pain as well as improvement in function. Now you're in human trials, and you've just concluded phase 2B in, in one condition and are planning phase 3, the last phase here. Let's start with the clinical trial. You just completed phase 2B. What kinds of subjects were in it? What did they experience? And what were the results? Moya, we screened a number of patients to enter and enroll in the study, and 286 patients were enrolled we first looked for patients that had osteoarthritis of the knee as defined as moderate to severe. And from there, how we do that is by asking them a number of questions that we call the Womack scale. And a Womack scale is specifically designed to ask them how their knee feels when they're doing normal day-to-day -day activity. Once we were able to identify patients that had this long-term chronic pain associated with osteoarthritis of the knee, we enrolled them in a study and tracked them on a monthly basis. And the first day zero, the first day, they got an injection of either a placebo or our active product. And we tracked to see how they were doing on a monthly basis with this Womack scale where we asked them a number of questions. By day 180, which is six months after their first day enrolled, they got the option for a second injection. And we did the same thing. We tracked to see how they were doing, were they able to perform activities that they normally could have done, and we measured how they felt. 
Did it make him feel better? Did the pain increase? What were the number of things that came to their mind? By day 360, a full year of this trial, we then concluded the study. And this is what we learned. The first thing we learned is that with two injections of our product, we were able to show a remarkable change in patients' report of how they're feeling as well as how they were able to improve their function. And when I mean improve the function, it's simple things like walking or getting out of bed. So what we're thinking that we have is a potential for a product that's not only beneficial, but safe for patients that have osteoarthritis of the knee. So now you're planning phase three, which is necessary before you get approval. Um, how has what you've learned uh, influenced how you're going to design phase three and, and how much bigger a study is it? Because our product expresses interleukin-10, this important cytokine, it's not an anesthetic. So Moya, remember when you're talking about all the pain meds that people were throwing at you, most of them are anesthetic, so they're blocking pain. What we're trying to do is get to the heart of what's causing the pain, which is inflammation. So we learned through these trials, it's really important for patients that have chronic pain to benefit from this product. It's not, I, don't, I feel bad for three hours and then therefore give me a medication. It is for patients to say, I feel bad for three months. I feel bad for a year. I feel bad for even two to three years going forward. It's for chronic pain. So we're very, very keen to select in our patient enrollment for phase three, patients that are suffering from chronic pain. The second aspect of this is we learned that two injections is better than one. And what we are going forward with our phase three is looking at the benefits of two injections of our product and the duration of benefit. And we hope not only that we won't stop there, we're also looking at the potential for disease modification. We have a number of animal studies to show that it's not only helping with pain, but it can potentially help in terms of slowing down the progression of osteoarthritis. Now, that's an interesting question. We've associated that with inflammation and pain. How do you measure that osteoarthritis has stopped or has even reversed itself? What are the indicators? So we're going to look at a number of different biomarkers. We're going to look at anti-inflammatory biomarkers in the knee, as well as start measuring the cartilage in your knee through a number of imaging activities. And as you know, osteoarthritis has a number of different ways that it progresses disease. One of them is the breakdown of your cartilage. And so what we will look to do is explore whether interleukin-10 can slow down that degradation of the cartilage. Moira, as you remembered when I was talking about the treatment paradigm, patients that are suffering from moderate to severe osteoarthritis and knee, they are on a number of different pills as well as injections. And unfortunately, some are on addictive opioids. What we're looking to do in our 
candidate product and study in phase three is this ability to provide an alternative to patients to reduce their pain, to give them more options. And so in our exploratory phase 2B, we did see some distinction between how patients were intaking a number of other pain medications. It was not statistically significant, but certainly trending to some interesting observations. We hope in our phase three trial, given the larger number of patients that we will be enrolling, we will be able to decipher whether our product can not only improve pain, but also have a reduction in the need for other pain medications. Now, what else is Zalud working on? Zalud is working on not only looking at the benefits of this product in osteoarthritis of the knee, you can actually imagine there's a number of other musculoskeletal diseases that can benefit from the expression of interleukin-10, this important cytokine. What we are pursuing is not only osteoarthritis of the knee, we're looking at possibly facet joint syndrome, which is lower back pain, and we'll likely pursue shoulder as well as hip pain. But in addition to the musculoskeletal diseases, we are equally excited at the, at the potential of neuroinflammatory diseases. And when I talk about neuroinflammatory, I'm, I'm mentioning devastating diseases like ALS as well as MS. And in a number of animal models that we've conducted, we've seen improvement in motor function, clinical biomarkers, as well as survival in these disease areas. I've been speaking with Dr. Zem Nguyen, the CEO of Zalud Therapeutics. More information is available on the web at Zalud, that's X-A-L-U-D, ZaludThera.com. For Tech Nation, I'm Moira Gunn. Listen to more biotech podcasts at BiotechNation.com or subscribe on your favorite podcast provider. Biotech Nation is a regular feature of the weekly public radio program, Tech Nation. Listen to the full show via podcast or on your local public radio station. For Biotech Nation, I'm Moira Gunn.